Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Say goodbye to diluted creams and serums that are often made up of 70% water and 15% preservatives, leaving minimal space for the ingredients your skin craves. The scientists behind fiber skincare have spent 15 years perfecting nanofibers, which are 500 times smaller than human hair. And just one year ago, they patented a way of wrapping these nanofibers around oil or liquid-based ingredients. The result was a formula that delivers five times more active ingredients compared to creams or serums with no need for fillers like water preservatives or emulsifiers. The first formulation made with this technology is a plant-based anti-wrinkle set of patches that you use over seven days, applying them just like your favorite serums. Your skin will feel tighter in 10 seconds, and over seven days, the program is clinically proven to reduce wrinkles by 19.4%. In fact, they have a tighter skin guarantee where if your skin isn't tighter in seven days, they will give you your money back, no questions asked. Go to fiberskincare.com and use code unfiltered for 15% off. As moms, we are often juggling a million and one things. With our kids going in a million different directions and taking care of everyone else can mean that we often forget about ourselves. It's time to reclaim a little me time with some well-deserved self-care. And for us, that doesn't have to mean a lot. It can be picking a favorite product and taking a little extra time to do our daily routine. Dime Beauty offers clean, high-end skincare that is affordable, and it really works. Dime didn't sacrifice performance just to make it clean either. They are 100% transparent about every single ingredient, so you can use their products daily with confidence. You know we don't have the energy to remember the order of a 10-step routine, so we love that the work system keeps things simple for us and has everything you need in one powerful package with a gentle cleanser, a toner, two incredible serums, and two luxurious moisturizers. Dime has over 2 million happy customers and their beauty reviews are literally all five stars. If you haven't checked out Dime, it's time. Love your skin again. Go to dimebeautyco.com now and unlock your discount. That's dimebeautyco.com. I guess the question is like if your part if your partner's in a mood, you don't have to personalize it. But then if you're not personalizing it and they're not willing to reflect, you know what I mean? Like, I feel like this is such a mm-hmm. um, hard topic to, to conquer because you have to be really self-aware to understand 100%. your mood. Drop like a hat. Drop like a hat. Drop like a hat. Natalie, what do I do? <laughs> I hope it's giddy giddy. We have a guest. So I found this guest on Instagram. I don't know how, I don't know. I actually saw, maybe they commented, Dr. Tracy Dalgleish. Did I say that right? Say Tracy. Dalgleish. Close. Dalgleish. Dalgleish. <laughs> Does everyone get that wrong? 
Everybody, everyone. I'm holding firm on my last name though. I didn't take my husband's. <laughs> Good. And I only changed mine because his was easier than mine. And I was so sick of having to spell it. So good for you. Um, <laughs> you, I saw you had like a post pinned, which was like why our, why our partner's moods impact us. And mm -hmm. I was like, I didn't even go any further. And I like screenshot. I'm like, get this person on immediately. Matt and I uh, need to talk to this lady. So you're a psychologist. You're a couple therapist. You are a sought after relationship expert for over 15 years. You've provided clinical services to couples and individuals to improve their communication and build strong and healthy connections with themselves, their partner through therapy, wellness seminars, um, and your work outside the therapy room. You contribute to popular media sites and you have a podcast. I'm not your shrink. God, we all need that. Um, where you dive deeper into <laughs> clinical knowledge and research in a relatable and formal way. Um, and you have a book. I didn't sign up for this. A couple's therapist shares real life stories of breaking patterns and finding joy in relationships. That's like mind blowing right there. Um, what's including in her own, it says dot, 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 including her own. So that's like for a woman. Yes including my own marriage because I didn't want to leave my experiences out of these pages. That's wow. so, so good. That makes it so much better. Yeah. Wow. Right. Um, this was just released too, this, this September. So it's coming out in September. Yes. I actually just received my galley yesterday. I know you both oh, appreciate so what it means to like go through this process. It's unreal. How long have you been married for? I've uh, been married for 11 years this year. We've been together for 16. We have two little ones. They Well, they're not so little anymore. You can appreciate that. They're eight and I've got a, a five going on six. And oh, tiny babies. They're still tiny babies. Tiny, tiny babies. babies. Tiny babies. <laughs> she She's like my six-year-old, my five-year-old. She's like, she's five going on 12, 16 yeah, already. They are. <laughs> they are. These, these next generation females, they're amazing. So really, I mean, I don't know that post that you did, obviously, like a lot of people were like, spoke to people. So like, yeah. okay, I know this is probably the biggest question ever, but why are we triggered by our partner's mood swings? What is that that yeah. it bothers us so much? Yes. Oh my goodness. It is like the biggest question here. We end up taking on our partner's mood because if we think about it, we go back to what our experiences were growing up. What did we see modeled to us with our parents and how they interacted in their relationship? And then also how was that connection with our parents? So did they say things like, you make me upset? Did they blame you? Well, if you didn't do this, then you wouldn't have had this experience. Or did they never make space for your feelings and needs? Did they put you down and criticize? So ultimately, what we're starting to talk about here is emotional fusion. And I put my hands together. It's like we are becoming fused or codependent with the other person, which you know, as soon as I say codependent, right? People are always like, whoa, okay, wait, that doesn't feel good, right? But it is because if my partner feels this, then my mood drops and I am losing myself in there because early on, we didn't learn what it meant to be differentiated, separated and autonomous from our parents. What do you, okay, wait, hold on. So basically we are we bring so our partner's moods is our, like something that we need to work on <laughs> now what i hear you saying is i'm thinking about if i'm like okay i should i know that there's so much more that you're gonna say but i'm like okay if i if he's in a mood and i just don't let it affect me at all i feel like he's gonna be like um aren't you recognizing that things aren't good right now right here with me like how come you're not paying attention to this Ah, yes. Right. Okay. So there's a both oh, end, right? There's was, a both end. You are my shrink today. I love that you shared that because of course, right. It's like, how do we as partners express what it is that we feel in need? And so sometimes people come home and it's like our children, right? If let's say our husbands are coming home and they have the restraint collapse just like our children do. They feel secure with you at home. They feel like they can just show you the messy side because they've held it all together at work. 
the, the, the way you're looking at each other. They've held it all together at work all day long. They come home and they're like, oh, good. I get to be grumpy. I get to be in a bad mood. I'm going to slam the cover a little bit harder. But but that doesn't mean that it's something that you just have to accept or that it's okay. But the most important thing that we have to do first is to depersonalize it. Because what yeah. we do, how? Absolutely. I mean, how starts with the inside part, which is often this internal voice that says, this isn't about me. Okay, Tracy, take a deep breath. They've had stuff outside of me. They have their own thoughts and feelings. I am a different person from them. If they are upset about something, it's their job to tell me. I'm going to assume neutrality. Oh, this is really hard. They're so upset and cranky, right? It starts inside of us. But the next piece though, is also about us communicating with them around how they impact us or what is and isn't okay right? So there's that both end piece. My partner can be in a really bad mood and it's not okay to slam the cupboards. It's not okay to speak to me shortly. And actually we're going to, we, as the kids, we're all going to go out to the park. Then you take your space right here. Okay. I, I, is it an, okay. In a relation, I wish there were relationship rules where like, as an expectation, like how long can they be in a bad mood for like the, mm. that you don't need to personalize it. Cause I feel like, you know, it's so easy for us to have this conversation, but how many people are recognizing that they're actually in a mood and why isn't their mood okay? You know, like sometimes, sometimes their mood is, is because of you, you are the reason. Right. Right. So then we can go to our partner, probably not when they first get home in those moments, but when we have conversations with each other, And what I recommend to couples all the time is finding some kind of check-in point during the week. If you're not doing it each night, giving each other those 10 minutes of space on the couch, maybe it's on Thursday night. Every Thursday night, you're pouring your favorite glass of whatever it is. And you're saying like, hey, how are things going? Right. Right? And then in, in those conversations, we say, hey, listen, I've noticed that you are struggling right now. And I just want to check, is, is there something about me? You're allowed to do that. And actually in a secure relationship, you can go to them and say, I don't think I've done anything wrong, but I'm going to open the space here for you to tell me if you're upset with me in some way. That sounds so lovely. And actually, I'm sure that would be such a like, so mature, so mature, good way to do it because immediately you're like, I'm opening the space. And then all of a sudden they're like, you know, their guard is down. It sounds so lovely, but it's like, it's like, it's that takes, that does take maturity because really you're just like, just stop it. Just be like, be normal. And I shouldn't have to be the one who comes to you. And like, because you know, like sex, like often therapists will say like for sex, you know, if you're not having sex, there's probably something wrong. Like, like one to two times a week is like pretty good. I feel like this whole topic we're talking about right now is like a hidden like rule that no one knows the boundaries are like what's acceptable. So the people with the moods don't understand that their mm. moods are acceptable because they think like, why do I have to always be in a good mood? Like I, it's so hard to decipher in what's right and what's wrong in terms of a partner's behavior and how they show up. Right. Right. So that that's going to be the, the, the classic psychologist response, which I know is always like, Oh, of course the psychologist says it this way. It depends. It depends on what's happening. It depends on, are you in the newborn stage where nobody is getting any sleep? No, we don't want to be crusty and crispy with our partner every single day, but it's going to be harder to connect. Are you in a really difficult season where you have a sick parent or there's a job change, right? There's going to be these periods where we are just stuck in this. And we have to also practice the really key foundational things that happen in our relationship, which are things like showing appreciation, and expressing gratitude, pouring that cup of coffee in the morning, even when you're like, well, we didn't have sex this week and this is just brutal. So I guess we'll still pour the cup of coffee, right? Like we can have our internal angry experiences and still act in ways that are compassionate and building connection towards our partner. So, okay. So what, so what, I guess the question is like, if your part, if your partner's in a mood, you don't have to personalize it. But then if you're not personalizing it and they're not willing to reflect, you know what I mean? Like, I feel like this is such a mm-hmm. um, hard topic to, to conquer because you have to be really self-aware to understand 100%. your mood. And, you know, uh, that's easy for people. People listening to this probably want to learn more about themselves or figure out how to fix their partner in terms of how to, you know, buffer the moods and 
I feel like a lot of women take on their partner's moods to make it better rather than uh, like letting them let it be because we want to fix it to make the household happy because we all know a bad mood can set off the entire house. So how are we how are we able to separate it and help them recover from it? Or is that not our job to help them recover from it if it has nothing to do with us? Not our job to make them change, which is so incredibly hard. But I think what you're asking is, this has to start from our own internal work. If our partners are not willing to go to couples therapy to build more self-reflection and to deepen an understanding and connection in our relationship, then go for some individual therapy and do the work for you. Because here's what we know that we as women do in our relationships. We're really good pleasers. We want our partners to be happy. We have a lifetime filled with messages around, you need to be good. Your partner should be happy. You should, right? So then we get into this pleasing mode. Your partner comes home, they're in a mood. You're like, oh, hey, what's wrong? Do you want to talk about it? Hey, let me do this. Let me do that. Okay, do you want to, right? We go into the pleasing rather than us stepping back and saying, actually, it's not okay for you to speak to me this way. And I don't want us to be in this negative cycle. And actually, I want to have sex that is exciting and pleasurable for me and fun, right? So we need to step into that role rather than staying back and saying, okay, I'm going to please you. Okay, you want to be grumpy? Sure, I'll let you make space for all of this. Okay, let's take a quick break and then we, we, we have another question. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Why don't more infant formula companies use organic, grass-fed whole milk instead of skim? Why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science? Why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials? Why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk? Why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing? We wondered the same thing. So we made Byheart a better formula for formula. Learn more at byheart.com. As moms, we are often juggling a million and one things. With our kids going in a million different directions and taking care of everyone else can mean that we often forget about ourselves. It's time to reclaim a little me time with some well-deserved self-care. And for us, that doesn't have to mean a lot. It can be picking a favorite product and taking a little extra time to do our daily routine. Dime Beauty offers clean, high-end skincare that is affordable and it really works. Dime didn't sacrifice performance just to make it clean either. They are 100% transparent about every single ingredient, so you can use their products daily with confidence. You know we don't have the energy to remember the order of a 10-step routine, so we love that the work system keeps things simple for us and has everything you need in one powerful package with a gentle cleanser, a toner, two incredible serums, and two luxurious moisturizers. Dime has over 2 million happy customers and their beauty reviews are literally all five stars. If you haven't checked out Dime, it's time. Love your skin again. Go to dimebeautyco.com now and unlock your discount. That's dimebeautyco.com. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. If you've been following us, you know we are last minute planners when it comes to summer, except for this year. We even have one of our kids going to overnight camp for a month, a whole month. 
We're super excited for them, but we are getting anxious about not seeing them for that long. How will they cope? Will they make friends? Will they be homesick? We all have our own unique set of stressors varying in size and significance, yet when we hold on to them, they can gradually take a toll on our well-being. Fortunately, therapy provides a safe space where you can get things off your chest and find effective strategies to work through whatever is weighing you down. Therapy offers a place to discover strategies for stress reduction and balance in your life, helping you face life's challenges with new strength. Like when your tween goes to overnight camp for a month and you're trying to put on a brave face. If you are thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's completely online, designed for convenience, flexibility, and tailored to fit your schedule. Simply complete a short questionnaire to be matched with a licensed therapist, knowing you can switch therapist anytime at no extra cost. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash cat and nat today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp.com slash cat and nat. Um, in, in terms of, uh, okay, we're back. In terms of um, like the moods and the grumpiness and, and uh, what moods are, are, how much moods can people have where it doesn't become a, a problem? Like, you know, when, you know, like if you drink too much and it becomes, you know, when all the problems are, is there yeah. a moodiness that becomes a problem? Oh, that's such a good question. It's so hard to be able to actually quantify that. But if you aren't feeling good and you're spending more time in this not feeling good space, that's time to address it. And if you're Let's finding find- it's time, Let's- right? If someone's grumpy three times out of seven, that's a problem. <laughs> sure. Right. Like, but we, we can look at things. Okay. So we, we like to look at things in terms of intensity, duration, frequency, right? We okay. look at symptoms of depression and anxiety. Yeah. What are the duration, intensity and frequency. Okay. This is really helpful. Okay. okay. So if Let's this do, is yeah, duration. duration all day long, every day, wow, that's, it's time to get help. Right duration, intensity. If this is level 10 where things are being slammed around or like drinking, it is like drinking three bottles a night, whatever that is, then yeah, that's an intent. That's too much duration, frequency, duration, intensity. We have to look at all of those. Like if a cup spills and they're like, ah, like, like it's, I guess it's the cause and effect to that actual situation. Right. And, and for, I think what's important for those listening too with this is remembering that you deserve to be in a space where you feel safe, connected, like emotionally safe, right? Where you can share something with your partner and they're not going to flip it back around on you. And if you don't, that's the point to get help. If you can't turn to your partner and talk to them about something really hard during the day, that's the point that something needs to change. We want to, and we need to feel secure and connected with our partners. And the bigger picture here of why this is so important is because we know that relationship distress impacts depression and anxiety. And the more depressed and anxious we get, the more distressed we feel in our relationships. And it just ebbs and flows back and forth. It's a tricky cycle. Yeah. If, if um, like, you know, so many, so I think the like the, the question is, is, if the moods are like, why do people feel comfortable in bad moods? I feel like so many people feel so comfortable. Like I feel Mm. like it's a habit. And then I think what we rescue them, like that cycle is so so true. It's like when you see someone and you know, those moody people in your life and they'll be in a mood in front of everybody. And they don't even feel like they don't even feel like aware, aware, embarrassed, like, they, they don't even try to hide it. And I'm like, I'm thinking to myself, if I was like in a bad mood and a whole bunch of people like were in my space, I would at least try to like cover it up and not make other people feel bad and like share, like spread my mood. But some people just feel totally fine to be in a mood in front of everybody. Yeah. It, it is one of those things where this negativity sticks to us like Velcro. It's just what our brains like to do. It's almost like a threat survival response, right? We think of when we're anxious, we're really good at finding all of the things to be anxious about. We can scan our environment. We can scan the history. We scan future. And then we just create this distress inside of us and it sticks to us. Our brains naturally work that way in an attempt to keep us safe. Yes. 
And then, so then stir into then our nervous systems are constantly dysregulated and overwhelmed and mothers are all overstimulated, right? And then you add in our sources of stimulation, our phones, social media, the kids, the work, the whatever the context is going on, the smoke that's been happening recently in our air, right? This stuff is stressful. So then the stuff sticks and we lose our ability to come back to connected, to calm, to seeing things differently. And, and it's it's funny when you think about, okay, so what is a, a therapist and a psychologist, what's their classic like go-to strategy? Let's practice gratitude. And it's, it's not because it's like, oh yeah, just point out three things I'm grateful for each day. But actually, because we know from research with the brain is that when we pause in a stressful moment and say, okay, in this moment, I can't find anything I'm grateful for about my husband right now, but I'm grateful for breath. I'm grateful for partnership because then that down regulates our stress response. It sends a signal to our brain to calm down. So that's when we are talking about how negativity sticks to us like Velcro, the way that we can stop that and fix that is to pause and be grateful. Not just pausing and be grateful, but getting into the present moment, getting into this moment. Negativity wants to make all of it big. Anxiety wants to take us outside of today. So come back into this moment, come back to our breath, being able to turn our neck side to side. That's what we tell our partners when they're in a mood. You're really, you're really <laughs> accepting negativity right now. And here's a couple of <laughs> yeah. And you ask him if he's anything he wants to talk about. So he's in a mood. And I'm yeah. like, yeah, turn your head. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if, if only it were that simple. And if only most partners listened to their spouses when we give mm-hmm. advice, right? And oftentimes they don't. And so it's again, that's not your job to then have to say to them, Hey, go turn your neck. Hey, go have a cold shower. Right. But we can then talk about what's in our toolbox, us as a couple, us as partners, what are we using in these really hard moments? I've worked with many men in therapy and it's been really interesting to see how they go on autopilot. We all go on autopilot in some way, but I can remember this one dad describing, yeah, I'm in work. I'm in work mode. And then I get in the car and then I go home and I'm angry and I'm just so angry and I don't understand why. Okay, well, tell me what happens between work and home. Oh, I'm like on the phone and then I'm like solving these emails and solving this puzzle and I get home and then my kid's demanding me and my wife's wanting to connect with me. Oh, so could you then actually start being intentional in the car and actually observing things around you. And maybe you put on some music and maybe before you get inside, you start doing some jumping jacks or running on the spot or go have a cold shower because all of these things help to calm your nervous system so that your mood isn't oozing out onto your family. You know, and when I'm thinking about that, it's like, I feel like a natural reaction to a lot of men will be like, listen, I got to get the emails. This is my job. This is what's important. But you really have to sit back and say, what's also important in my life? Do I want to show up and be like yeah. my family, be happy that my energy is coming into the house? And you're good. Then you're going to have to take that transition time and get into that. You can't just expect it to happen to you. And if you care to be that positive light in your family, then that takes work. And important to know, we're talking about men because we, that's, we're heterosexual. So it's hard <laughs> to know what, like, yes. is this also feel like you know I'm sure I'm sure women come in with the moods too absolutely Actually, I know for a fact they do so it's not it's not just men we're talking nope. about but I think it's in the relationship I just and that's what I'm talking about yeah and <laughs> yeah. I, I, right, but it's in the relationship dynamic though right and again because yeah. we are those secure bases for people our children come home and they feel like they can collapse our partners do the same thing but we've got to at some point say hang on what's really important to us how is the actions that i'm doing impacting the most important person to me and i think today we are forgetting that that partnership between you and your partner is the most important team that you're running because from there then you are going to co-parent as a strong team then your children learn how to not repeat those unhealthy communication patterns they learn how to repair and actually say sorry to each other or what love looks like i i have i have another question for you is it reasonable for people to be able to have events that happen to them in the day say at work in meetings and not affect their entire like <laughs> life. Like I, I feel like you can have a bad day, but doesn't mean your life is bad or doesn't mean you walk into mm-hmm. the door and like what it, I f- it feels like people who might be more moody might 
take on everything as terrible, right? Rather than mm. a situation, is that is there is that is there something in that theory that you can be like that was a pretty shitty moment. My tire was flat, but it doesn't mean that my that my that, whole that my kid is sick. Doesn't yeah. mean, you know we don't need to we don't need because to be I upset feel like everywhere. There's sometimes two people in a relationship, and I feel like the ones who maybe feel like frustrated eat more easily, and the ones who don't have such a miscommunication because it feels like well, I can say for us, we're always pot. Like, we're kind of like, it's not a big deal. Like everything is solvable. And then the other people are like, fuck. Must be nice. You're just <laughs> living oblivion. Yeah. Like, it's like, there is problems. And you're kind of like, right. well, so what that, that disconnect of like two spectrums because validating their mood, but not the, in- there's not always validity to the whole thing. So how are we supporting, but not engaging and not reinforcing the mood to continue, like, how do we break that cycle? Mm. And, you know, how do we break the cycle? So, because I feel like part of us in relationships help it continue for sure. by for fixing sure. it or by for indulging sure. in it oh, or yeah. like baby toddler. So how can we take our power back? And I know you said talk like, da, 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 but if it goes on for longer, like, what can we do? <laughs> so yes, we we very easily get into that rescuer space again, that pleasing space, right? So so let's even just map out what that might look out look like for someone. Your partner gets home. We'll just sit, sit, use that example. They get home from whatever it is, and you say, "Oh, what's wrong? Are you okay? What happened at work? What are you going to tell me? Here, let me get dinner together." Um, and then you're walking on eggshells, and then you're asking lots of questions, and then before I go to bed, are you sure? Are you sure you're okay? Do you want to talk about it? You can talk about it, right? Look, look, you can open up to me. Why don't you ever tell me? And then we like spiral into this big fight and then away it goes. So that's yeah, what we, we don't want to do. Or we just are like, right. we're not, we're, I'll meet you right. where you're at. Right. Yeah. Okay. So they come home and you say, oh gosh, I just noticed something on your face. Is, is everything okay? And they say, yeah. Oh, do you want to talk about it? No. Okay. I'm here if you want to talk about it. Looks like something hard, but I'm here if you want to talk about it. And you leave it there Mm. because you're separate, right? And you've done the connection piece, but you're separate. You did your part. And you continue on trying to be up. (laughs) We continue our mood, even though there's some, a very big presence of negativity in the room. Which is so hard to do. Let's just label that. It is so hard to do because then it affects the children. It affects the whole thing. And and that also then gives permission to other conversations that says, listen, I've noticed you've got this mood coming home and it's affecting all of us. We're all feeling it and it doesn't feel good. So what ideas do you have that could maybe work this? Do you think now is a time that you need to go speak to someone? Because again, what I'm doing here is I'm not stepping into solution mode. I'm not telling them you need to go fix this. You need to go talk to someone. You need to come home happy and friggin' stop, you know, putting this all on us. But you put it back on them. You are not their mothers. You do not need to rescue them. They are adults and they make choices every single day. And the kids should probably hear you say that too, right? Like, Yes, that model that. Model, model that. that separation. That is that individuation and autonomy, which says, it says self and other. So you say it once and then it goes on to the next day. Do yeah. you do, do you say it again or you just leave it because you've already said your bit? How many times have you said it at this point? <laughs> I'm just, I'm like assuming twice. <laughs> say it again. Okay. And then, and then how do you feel on the third day? And then what's your, what's your boiling point? What's the max for you? That's something that you have to ask for yourself. Is it a month? Does a month go by? Is it six months? Do you set a time for yourself before you say, I really need to have this conversation. Some people are really easily able to have this conversation frequently with their partner and say like, whoa, listen, like what's happening here? Other people wait longer. Waiting longer does not necessarily mean it's better, but I know people struggle to have this conversation. And what I often talk about with the people I work with is you've got to step into discomfort here because either way, you're not feeling good. You don't feel good when they come home on day three in a mood, or you don't feel good when you have the hard conversation, which choice leads you to feeling better in the long run. Is there a a right and wrong time to have that a tough decision? Like is, is late at night, not good. Is it like when the kids are around, is it when they're in it, when they're out of it, 
Mm, good question. That's such a good question. Okay. So does anyone want the big topic to be brought up just as you're about to fall asleep or the door handle conversation where it's like, Oh, Hey, you're out the door. Don't forget to go look up a therapist today. Cause I think you really need one. Right? <laughs> so, so yeah, we middle of a meeting. I think you need a therapist <laughs> <laughs> or a text, right? Yeah. So, I mean, ideal times are, let's also think about some partners who are hard to open up. Maybe you go for a walk and it's just the two of you and you're side by side. Walking is good because you're engaging in an activity that's occupying your brain. And so then you can have a hard conversation if you're side by side doing dishes or for some people who do have the, let's sit on the couch and talk every Thursday for 10 minutes to check in with each other. Is that, are you suggesting that? I am. I knew it. What if it's, what if, <laughs> what if you're always the problem? Hmm. Oh, like your partner says, well, if you weren't. Yeah. yeah. Oh gosh. Well, do you really believe that you're the whole problem in a relationship? Because in a relationship, I, I intentionally I use my hands a lot. So we think of in relationships as infinity loops. As one person does something, it affects the other person. And it's not, but, but we're so good. Our brains love to do this. We point our finger at the other person and we project it outwards because when we feel uncomfortable, we don't want to sit in our own painful feelings. So if you're coming to me saying, Hey, um, you know, your mood, it's affecting all of us. And I say, well, you know, you were so cranky before and now it's my turn to be cranky, right? We like project that outwards. And so we have to remember that it's two of us. We are in this together. It's not singles playing tennis. It's doubles watching the ball come at us, put the problem in front of you, which can sound like we're struggling in this. We need something to change. We want to feel better. We'd love to have more sex, right? Let's, I, I think it's so important that we connect sexual intimacy with emotional intimacy. When couples show up in my office saying, we're not having sex anymore. Our desire levels are different. It's a symptom of the greater problem which is that you are not securely connected. You are not sharing your emotions and your needs. Oh, so you're okay. Okay. Well, you just dropped that bomb on us right there. I did. <laughs> I did. I could tell by the expression on your face. <laughs> okay. Okay. I'm going to speak for women here for a minute. Is there like, I, for some women desire is there at nine in the morning, but at 11 at night, after you get the kids to bed and you've done 75 gymnasts, dance, you're done. So sometimes it's not a desire thing as much as it is like, it's actually realistic for me to be tired at 11 o'clock at night. This is not about oh, you. A hundred percent. That That's not about you. But Hey, if we didn't have kids and your body was near mine at 9am, I am ready. I'm just good to go. Right. My brain's not tapped out. Uh, I totally okay, so what's the solution to that though, to actually make it happen? He needs to come home. Get, rid, get rid of your kids. <laughs> Daytime sex, lunchtime sex, takes breaks together, <laughs> which, yes. which is the problem with us as parents, right? This is a difficult part in our relationship is that sex gets put to the last thing on your to-do list and it is saved till 11 p.m. We've done the checklist. Okay, great. You know, lunches are made for the next day. Soccer cleats at the door. Yep. You've got splash pants. Great. Cool. You do a drop off, gave me and then dishes and then wash our face. And then we're in bed and it's like, Hey, you want to? And it's like, there's nothing left. No. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I, I have, we take a quick break and I have to touch base back on that. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Why don't more infant formula companies use organic, grass-fed whole milk instead of skim? Why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science? Why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials? Why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk? Why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing? We wondered the same thing. So we made Byheart a better formula for formula. Learn more at byheart.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. 
Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. I mean, so you're saying all that and can't it like, why don't men feel the same way often real, like as a generalization that they take it more personally than like, there must be a problem if we're not having sex where it's like, actually I'm, we're great. It's just, if mm-hmm. almost, if it wasn't an expectation, we'd be even better. Yeah. We can think about what boys are taught about love and sex and they're often not taught to put the two together. And so sex becomes the identification of love and connection and intimacy. Huh. And is it? No, there's so much more than just intercourse and orgasms, right? Like if you think about it and, and sometimes our partners need help expanding this because many of our boys miss learning this. They learned how to have orgasms on their own. They learned how to pleasure themselves on their own. They didn't know how to put it together with love and with another person. And so then at the end of the day, we're not trying to reach goals and outcomes, right? It's like, okay, orgasm, let's go. Ready? Everybody have an orgasm. But that's not the whole picture of connection, pleasure, play, passion, fun, I think that's just, but it's part of it. Part of it. Of course, it's part of it. But if everything else is better, the outcome for sex is probably better. Some people think sex comes first when everything is better, but it sounds Mm -hmm. like everything has to be better before then sex can, can become more of a priority because everyone's happier in the relationship. Unless you're just a wild horny person and you just have sex for fun. Whatever you're having, pass it over. (laughs) (laughs) So here's, so Rosemary Besson, she's a psychiatrist from BC, yay to Canadian researchers, love the work that she's doing. So she discovered that women actually start sexually neutral. We're neutral when it comes to sexual experiences and that everything leads into it. So how's neutral, neutral, meaning it's like, I could, or I could not. Wait, this is a fact. But how, how was our last sexual experience? Was it fun and good? How's the mental load? Is the laundry basket on the bed that I'm looking over at as you're approaching me? How's our physical connection? Have you hugged me? And for those listening, the smallest thing you can do in your relationship today is a 30 second hug and a six second kiss. It releases oxytocin. Just go in for that six second kiss. Yes, right. We don't have to go French kiss. You don't have to French kiss if you don't want to. No, I did not do it. (laughs) He announced it to me. Oh my god! I left the room, and he just basically had to tell Cat what he saw, and I was like, "Oh my gosh!" I was just around the corner. I'm right here. It was so funny. Uh, Um. So, uh, so if females start off neutral, where do men start off? Ooh, yeah. So I think they start off with the traditional, what what our older research looks like is where desire tends to start first. Desire kicks in, which then leads to arousal and an erection. And then enough arousal and stimulation leads to an orgasm and then refractory, right? So it's very much linear for men, but for women, it's, it's cyclical. Think of it like a circle. That's, that's an interesting, that's like such a good visual and like understanding. And that's true. Perfect. Uh, just one, one question for you. And I, I think that, you know, with my kids, I really try to be intentional and I'd let them know, like, you'll never have to guess my mood. If I'm upset, if I'm mad, if I need you to do something, I love that. No, you, you're never going to have to guess it. Right. Um, is that something that relationships should be applied to, too? Like we should not be guessing each other's moods and I, like, we should just be like, Hey, I'm having a rough day. I'm sorry if I'm a bit off. Like, I feel like we put a lot of onus on the partner to check in with the other partner, but I think also partners need to take responsibility. And if you can't figure out when you're in a bad mood, I mean, you probably have to go back to a therapist like mm-hmm. yesterday or start listening to yourself to begin with. Yeah. Start listening. Right. My husband and I tackled this in our relationship and he, he gives me permission to share this. So of course, cause he gave me permission to put him in my book. So there's that piece in there, but he used to really personalize my, my outward expression. And perhaps you could say I have an RBF or perhaps I just wear 
hilarious. Uh huh. Right. So I would, or, or I'm really deep in thought about something that happened during the day and he would catch the slightest eyebrow shift and he'd be like, we okay. We're good. What's wrong. Tell me what's wrong. And a lot of that, this is the differentiation. I would have to say, Hey, I'm good. This isn't about you. And that is where we have to say to each other, if I am upset, I am going to come to you and tell you, but then this goes back to what we learned in our earlier relationships. Maybe mom was upset with you and she never told you. And so you learned to walk on eggshells. Maybe anger was in the room, but nobody was actually angry. And someone walked around and slammed cupboards and walked out of the house and slammed the door. Right. So we don't know how to do that as adults. So then now here we are, our adult self, we're no longer children. We show up as adults and we say to the other person, I'm responsible for my feelings. When I'm upset with you, I am going to tell you. I'm not going to read your moves. It is your job to tell me when you're upset with me. It's your job to tell me what you need. And I will tell you what I need. And the one thing that you have to be prepared and I guess mature enough is you have to be prepared to hear what they're going to say. Sometimes Sometimes I'm like, I don't even want to know what your problem is because I know whatever you're going to say is just going to bother me. Right. And and that's the other piece though, right? Because then you've got to be a really good listener. And if they say, let's stay on the sex topic. We didn't have sex last night. You have to then not go into defensiveness and be like, well, we didn't have sex last night because I took the kids to soccer and then I was packing their lunch. Right. And then you have to be willing to listen to them and say, you're right. What's that? Like, what's happening for you? Like, what are the feelings for you around that? What? I feel nauseous. Just thinking (laughs) about that conversation. (laughs) However, if people began to take their feelings and emotions on their own and said, hey, are you okay? I know you weren't in the mood to have sex last night, but I was really feeling it. I love you. Is there anything I can do to make you feel better about having sex tonight? Boom. Yeah. Let, you know, can I help you out? Can I support you today? What could I take off your mental load so that then there's more space and Hey, I'll make sure the sitter is booked so that the kids are out of the house. And then you and I get to have lots of fun and pleasure. Mm-hmm. Whoa. Wow. Sounds, Sounds crazy. Sounds awesome. uh, plan. Last question for you. And I just want to, uh, you've been so generous with your time in terms of like anger and moodiness. Cause there's two very different um, yes. decisions and you know, uh, is anger for situations in your life that like scale of one to 10, if they're acting like a 10 for a one in terms of anger, because often anger and moods can go hand in hand. Like, how are we helping them? I don't think it's our job to help them with their anger, but how are we, uh, what are we doing in the situation where they're just kind of like fiery and you're like, dude, what the hell happened today? You know, like, or something happens in the house and they're like, fuck, everything happens. Like what, 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 what's that cue for us to be not to be like, is everything okay with you? Cause I feel like we're, we're validating what they're doing. Right. Right. Yeah, absolutely. That's where our boundaries come into place. You can say, Hey, I see you've had a really hard day. It's not okay to yell at us. We're, we're not going to stay here right now. So either you go for a walk or we're going to be here because showing our children this level of anger, it's, it's threatening. It's dangerous to their brains. They do not need to see that Mm -hmm. anger is not something for us to be afraid of. It's an important emotion yet. We have to learn what to do with it. Right? So when anger shows up, it's the question of, Ooh, I'm really angry right now. And what is it that's happening for me? What do I need? What am I feeling? And going inwards to find that out. But the more we slam cupboards, the more we're raging or knocking over the glass, that's just feeding the cycle of anger. So for each person, you need to assess what's going to be safe for you. So physically, if it's not safe, you pick up the kids and you get out of the house, right? You say, this isn't okay. That is like, um, Melissa Urban talks about this in her boundaries book. It's like a red light boundary is not done in that gentle. Oh, you're feeling really upset. It's like, this isn't okay. I'm leaving and you leave. If it's different than that though, it is the, Hey, this isn't okay. I need you to go take that outside. Because you're modeling that to your children as well, especially if they're around so that they learn what does it look like to have a boundary? What's okay and what's not okay. Right. So is anger okay? Like, I just, I think it's, Hmm. I don't think a lot of people have this conversation in front of like their children. So I'm just curious, is anger, is anger at any point okay when you're in a relationship and children in terms Hmm. of like the first time? Because what I hear you saying is it's not okay. You can have anger, but you can't express it outwards angrily. So there, there's a difference. 
I'm allowed to have anger and I'm, I have to choose what I do with it. That's appropriate in front of people. It's not okay to slam things, to throw things, to name call, to criticize your partner. So you can say in front of your kids to your partner, I'm really angry right now. This is like totally taking over my body. I just, I'm just going to go for a walk. And your kids see something really important. They say, oh, my mom, she's angry too. Oh, so I'm not alone in my anger. I didn't know that. I didn't know mommy got angry and, oh, I'm human. That's okay. She's imperfect and I'm imperfect. And Mm -hmm. she didn't just throw things around or yell at us when she's angry. She went for a walk. She went and did something. Mm. Does that, does that answer it? Like it's, let's not hide emotions from our children, but let's show them what to do with them. I was really mad at my daughter one day. I didn't really know where to put it. We were in the car and I just slammed on the horn so loud. And there was people in cars everywhere. And I probably should have said, I'm really mad right now. You're going to need to get out of the car and I'm going to need to leave. But I just slammed on the horn like a maniac. Yeah. Probably not appropriate and embarrassing for everyone. (laughs) <laughs> we have all had these moments. We have all had them because we are not perfect. We cannot be perfect. We all have these boiling points of anger coming over us. The most important thing after that is coming back to them and saying, hey, you know what, earlier, I know what happened there. I lost yeah. my cool. You've probably done that too, right? And next time I'm going to work on X, Y, Z, that kind of thing. I really, yeah. do. I really do love that. And I think that it's so important to people here. You can have emotions, you can have feelings, but when you act them out, that mm-hmm. is where we need to work on as people is identifying and then doing something to, to calm down and then, then approach it. Mm-hmm. Okay. Wow. We learned so much. There's so much. Can, are you full? Like, do you have a wait list? Like what's happening? Like, can people like call you and, you know, be and like, when's the book coming out? Not the galley, but the real thing. Yes. The, the book is September 12th. And it's available everywhere for pre-order right now. When people pre-order, I have um, really cool bonuses coming up. So I've got a guide in there. So if you're trying to tackle these hard conversations, pre-order the book and you'll get the scripts for difficult conversations. So I walk through how to actually go through these critical, blaming, defensive type conversations. Um, And that's my website, drtracyd.com forward slash book. In terms of my waitlist, reach out to me, send me a DM, let me know what stood out for you here, find me on social and just reach out. I love being social with others. Wow, I just, we learned a lot and thank you for sharing. And I hope that everyone... I'm sure this is going to get shared a lot with a lot of people who they're like, take a listen to this without having to say why. So. I'm, I'm going to share the the whole podcast with my husband, but I'm going to mute out my, my comments. You didn't, you were talking for people. I'm just joking for everybody. Everest, speaking for the world. Speaking for I the thought you were just giving examples. Thank you yeah. to both of you so much. I deeply Thank appreciate you. the chance to connect with you. It. All right. Bye. Bye.